good morning. I have a couple of announcements before we get started. First of all, a reminder that tonight there'll be no regular Sunday night programs, but instead we'll have, we're having our annual Halloween Carnival and Trunk or Treat. It starts inside the Family Life Center at 5 o'clock. Many activities and games, a hot dog uh, dinner, hayride, and trunk or treating. So, hope everyone will come and be part of our, our annual uh, festival. A reminder that next Sunday is All Saints Sunday, and we will have a special liturgy in remembrance of our of those of our congregation who passed since last All Saints. So, I hope that you will come and be part of that. That'll be in both services. Also, a reminder that. At the 9 o'clock service will be our monthly opportunity for communion at the 9 o'clock service. A uh, reminder that uh, Parable Talents Challenge, Sarah Catherine Lee was, uh, is here today and she's set up selling her crafts as part of that challenge and just remind you of that. And uh, remember that the proceeds are being donated to the church. Uh, finally, let me just say that Consecration Sunday is coming. That's on November 18th. We'll have a combined service. That's our annual pledge campaign. You'll have an opportunity to, to, to prayerfully consider how you'll support Christ's Holy Church here called Memorial. And uh, we will have that service on the 18th, a combined service at 10 a.m. here in the sanctuary with uh, a meal following. And uh, between now and then, each service, we've had someone come and speak a moment about, about that. And uh, now... If uh, Katie, you doing it? Katie's the one doing it today. If she'll come forward um, as part of that, a part of our pledge campaign. Good morning. Good morning. Kevin asked me to speak this morning from my heart on what the church means to me and why I support it financially. The thought that continually played through my mind um, was that this church, Memorial United Methodist, is my heart. My heart is here, so it is my honor and privilege to support it in as many ways as I can. And that includes my prayers, my presence, my gifts, financial and otherwise, and my service. I'll try to explain. I simply do not remember a time when Memorial was not a part of my life. I was baptized as an infant at this altar. As a young teenager, I was confirmed at the same altar. And years later, I spoke my wedding vows here. I attended preschool here and was nurtured through many years of Sunday school, all the way through youth. And even when I was away at college, I continued to feel the love of Memorial. So it was only natural to come home to Memorial Church when I graduated and came back home to Greer. I'm blessed to have an even bigger investment in Memorial now as the Director of Children and Family Ministries. These children are my inspiration. I'm fortunate that my husband Eric has also found blessings here as well, and we consider it our honor and privilege to support Memorial together here as a family. It is because of these reasons that I mentioned, and especially thanks to the children here, that I serve here that I feel that Memorial is a little piece of heaven that God has given me. And not just the beautiful church buildings here, but the people. Their love and understanding, their encouragement, their support, and the sweet fellowship we have here together. 
All of these things are possible because we join together to support this place. What a great thing to be a part of. One of my favorite Bible verses that I have held on to tightly at different times in my life is from Ephesians 3.20. God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. I think we can cling to that verse during this time of stewardship as well. To me, Memorial is a glimpse of the love, understanding, and sweet fellowship that awaits us all in heaven. So it is my privilege to support Memorial with my prayers, my presence, my gifts, financial and otherwise, and my service. So I hope you will join me and pledge your support to Memorial during this time of stewardship. Thank you. pray together. O Lord our God, we ask that you would bless us so we may bless others. We ask that you expand our territory so we may be kingdom builders. We pray that your hand would be with us so that our hands could be a help to others. 
And we ask that you'd keep us from evil so that we would not cause pain to anyone. We pray in your name. Amen. affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Children come forward now for our time, children's time.
Good morning. Come on up, Noah. I was watching the news this morning, and like a lot of times, what I was seeing on the news wasn't really too good, but it was, it was really sad. I was watching the folks prepare for the hurricane. And have you guys seen the Hurricane Sandy that's coming? It's not going to affect us, I don't think, too much. We're going to get some cold weather from it. But a lot of the folks on the coast really have to prepare for the hurricanes. And there were two different kinds of preparations that were going on. And we really need to keep these families in our prayers this week because for some folks it's going to be really tough times ahead of them. Some of the folks were boarding up their windows. You guys know what that means? Literally taking boards and nailing them onto their windows and, uh, and patching down their roofs and things like that. Some of the folks were packing up everything that they had into a van or a truck, and they were taking everything they had with them. And the reason behind that is because their house, when they built their house, was built on one or two foundations, either a sturdy foundation where they could just board up their windows and patch down their roofs, or one that they weren't so sure about. And in that case, they had the chance of losing everything that they have if the storm comes through. Well, this has been going on for a lot longer than just now, just like storms have always been going on. And in Matthew uh, 7, verse 24 and 25, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on a rock. Does everybody know what a foundation means? You know what that means? That's right, it's base. Did you know that we have a foundation too? And we should always be preparing our foundation? The houses are a little different because when the houses were built, what surface they chose to build their foundation on was the only place it was going to be from now till forever unless they moved the house. But we have the choice that we can, we can constantly work on our foundation. Who do you think is the rock of our foundation? That's right. And what do you think he would want us to do? He would want us to follow his words and follow the, his teachings and continue to teach others about that so that they could be prepared for the storm as well. What can we do to, to help build our foundation so that we're ready for the storm? That's right. And do we want to do that right before the storm comes? Or do we want to start doing that now? That's right. So we need to keep those folks who are in the hurricane in our prayers because just like our lives and their houses, the folks who had the steady foundation are going to be okay, but the ones who built their house on a weak foundation are really going to have a lot of problems. So we want to make sure that not only for us, but we share that word with everyone else so that we can make sure all of our friends have a steady foundation. And we can do that by bringing them here to church and helping them teach about our rock um, that we use as our foundation. So let's say a quick prayer, okay? Dear God, please be with the folks who are experiencing the hurricanes and be with all of us and help us strengthen our foundation in you and help us to remember that you are the, our rock. We praise things in your name. Amen.
morning. First scripture reading this morning is from Psalm, Psalms 34, verses 1 through 8, page 871 in your pew Bible, if you want to follow along. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God.
Let us bow our heads and be in silence as we go to the Lord in prayer. O oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Almighty God, you, we find our happiness in trusting you. You provide our needs. Your justice is our blessing. Accept our praises this day, O oh God, and come and bless your people. You have called us to love you with all our heart and soul and mind and strength and to love one another. And yet we must confess we become hard-headed and seek to follow our own paths. We love you half-heartedly and we give more attention to our own walks than others. Turn us back into your ways, O oh God, and forgive us our sin. And renew us once more by the power of the Holy Spirit. And may that Holy Spirit bear witness that you are a merciful God who has provided for the atonement of our sins. And let the same leading of that strong spirit live in us as, and help us to offer our testimony to your glory and your power to each and every one. We pray this day, O oh God, that you'd have mercy upon all who suffer from whatever afflicts them, whether it be their body, mind, or soul. And we pray, O oh God, and lift up to you all those that we have listed on our prayer list and all those who we pray for now in the depths of our hearts. We seek you, O oh God. We wish to be the people you've called us to be. We know that you hear us. We ask that you would answer us in what's your good and perfect will. And you would accept, and we would accept it. Be with us now, O oh Lord, as we with one voice pray the prayer that you taught your disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We United Methodists believe that giving is an act of worship, so let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward to receive our tithes and our offerings.
the gospel reading, Matthew 7, beginning at verse 24. These are Jesus' words. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, it's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against their house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you that your Holy Spirit drew us to this place of worship. And we thank you that that same Holy Spirit prepares us to receive your words. May our words be found acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Now, I'm going to date myself a little bit, but how many of you remember a TV show called Eight Simple Rules that had John Ritter, he played the dads. Anybody remember? I saw one hand go up. Okay. All right. Well, it, it, he played a dad of, uh, of teenage daughters, and the, the title of the show, the show was based on a book uh, named, uh, by Bruce Cameron of, of, the, of the same name, Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter. Now, Cameron actually did have eight rules for young men who wanted to come and date his teenage daughter. And I want to share just a couple of those with you today. Rule number one was this. If you pull into my driveway and you honk your horn, you better be delivering a package <laughs> because you're sure not picking up our, my daughter. Rule number five was this. The only information I require from you, young man, is an indication of when you expect to have my daughter safely back at my house. And the only word I really need from you is one, it is the word early. And rule six, I have no doubt that you are a popular fellow with many opportunities to date other girls. But once you have gone out with my little girl, you will continue to date no one but her until she is finished with you. <laughs> this morning I do not have eight rules or seven or six or five or four. I have three simple rules. And these simple rules will help you be a, have a foundation that is built on the rock. And these three simple rules come from our founder, John Wesley. And believe it or not, these three simple rules came about in his mind a long time ago, back in the 1700s, but they're just as applicable today as then. Now, he didn't call them three simple rules. He called them the general rules. They were designed to be used in the early Methodist class meetings. The early Methodist movement consisted of small groups of people who would get together and who would work with each other on staying on the Christian path. 
And if you think about it, today all small group ministries that we have in the church, whether it be Sunday school or whatever, grew out of this original idea. It's still a very, very good idea. But he set up these general rules for those small groups. And even today, when a candidate seeks ordination in the United Methodist Church, they are asked by the bishop a series of questions, and one of those questions is, do you know the general rules of the church, and will you keep them? Now, most people have never heard of the general rules. How many of you have heard of the general rules? A few of you. The general rules are actually still in our book of discipline, along with expounding them on them a little bit, Wesley did, so they're, they're not as concise as what I'm giving you today. But still, it's still the beginnings of the three rules, and they're very, very popular even today, and become even more popular because of a retired bishop who wrote a book, simple book called The Three Simple Rules, The Western Way of Living. I don't know if any of you have ever read that book, but I would, uh, it's Bishop Job. I'd, I would uh, recommend it highly. But you see, the general rules are really quite simple. They begin this way. One, do no harm. Two, do good. And three, attend upon the ordinances of God, or as Bishop Job, reinterpret that to mean that if you're doing that, you're staying in love with God. So here they are, the three simple rules. Do no harm. Do good, stay in love with God. Y'all have that? Repeat them for you. I just want to make sure you got it because these are the keys to essential living, I believe, in our time and a key to the foundation stone that you need. Number one, do no harm. Two, do good. Three, stay in love with God. We should all remember those. And, and I was telling the early congregation, which, is, which has... Uh, more families with children in it than this, this later service does, that these are good rules to use in raising your children. Because no matter what you do, if you make sure they are instilled with those three simple rules, you have gone a long way to raising children as they should be raised. I want to look at these simply just for a moment. Do no harm. You know, sometimes the best thing you can do is not do something. If it means we don't do harm to ourselves or others, do no harm sometimes means you don't do something. This morning, my wife walked in as she was getting ready to leave, and she said, how do I look? <laughs> my first response was to say nothing. <laughs> I think many men know that the first response is not to say anything to you've thought through what it is that she's really after. <laughs> I then she said, You didn't say anything. I said, I was thinking about how wonderful you look today. <laughs> she said, But what about my outfit? And I said, Well, I said, it's very slimming. And now at the 9 o'clock service, somebody said, you're not supposed to tell lies, preacher. I wasn't telling a lie. <laughs> it was black dress, and it made her slender, okay? That's what black does. 
Then, then she says, but what about my jacket? Well, here again, I went to the, the, the thing that I know is most safe. I was silent at first. Do no harm. She's, she, I said, it looks, is that the one you had when we had our portraits made? She said, no, this is a red jacket. Well, before I go any further, I don't know what it is about women, but all women think men are colorblind, don't you? Now, come on, be honest. You all think we're colorblind. At least we're, we're, definitely, we're definitely challenged, aren't we, when it comes to fashions. We're fashionably challenged. And uh, I said, it looks stunning on you. You do no harm. Sometimes the best thing you can do is not to say what you really are thinking. It's better sometimes to not say anything than to do harm. But John Wesley went into great detail on what this meant to him, and he said this means avoid evil of every kind. And he was thinking about things, and some of these are detailed even today in the book of discipline. Things like taking God's name in vain, getting drunk, fighting, Borrowing money with no intention of repaying. All these are some of the things that, that he meant when he said do no harm. But we might think that he stopped preaching and went to meddling when he went on and said stuff like speak no evil of public officials. That was a little bit hard for us in our time. He included ministers. Speak no evil of ministers. He said don't wear too much gold jewelry and expensive clothes and don't lay up treasure on earth. These were just some of the ways that Wesley described as he wrote about this rule to do no harm. And what we need to, I think, consider as we use these as, as guideposts for essential living and with the foundation of Jesus Christ is that we should think to ourselves, what are some ways that we do harm? Maybe not on purpose, but we still harm. Gossiping, uh, name-calling, overworking, wasting time, treating people unequally. Our first rule is do no harm. And it seems to me like it's a very good rule and it's easy to remember. And so before you speak, just simply think, well, what I'm getting ready to say, will it harm someone or something or ourselves. And friends, if you think about that, that covers the gamut of all of life. All of life. Is what I'm getting ready to do or say hurt someone? Do no harm. Number two, do good. Do good. Now you see, it's not just enough for us not to do bad things. We can't just stop there. We have to take the next step, and the next step is to do good things. We have to make a positive contribution, it seems to me like. We have to make life a little better for somebody. we got to make the world a little bit better. We have to do things that create positive contributions to our families, to our communities, our society. That is what Wesley meant when he talked about doing good. Wesley said, do good of every possible sort and as far as possible to all sorts of people. So we, this, and he included things that we know are obvious things like feeding the hungry and clothing the naked and visiting the sick and imprisoned and telling others about the love of God in Jesus Christ. Do good. Do good. Do no harm. Do good. The possibilities are endless. 
You can support a mission emphasis that we have here at Memorial. You could support a local ministry or mission. You could volunteer here at the church. There's many opportunities to volunteer. You could teach a children's time or a Sunday school class or mentor a child. There's always things you can do. And even if you can't do anything else and you get old and you say, I can't do anything, preacher. I've done everything I can do. You can still do good by supporting the church financially. Do no harm. Do good. And now stay in love with God. The other day we had a district meeting. And the whole gist of the district meeting was to tell us clergy that we needed to make sure that we understood that the highest uh, level of burnout of almost any profession is ministry, is the ministers. And that we need to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves uh, mentally, physically, but most importantly, spiritually. I would think you would all concur that I need to stay in love with God, wouldn't you? I'll concur that. But you know what? If you don't stay in love with God, my job is almost impossible. Staying in love with God. Now, what does that mean? Now, Wesley called it attending upon all the ordinances of God. And by the ordinances of God, he meant things like what we're doing right now, where we come together as a group of people with a common purpose to lift up the name of Jesus Christ, to share and to fellowship, to love one another and to forgive one another. Worship, hearing and studying Holy Scripture. Holy communion, prayer, and abstinence from those things that might harm us. These are ordinances of God, and they're the ways that we stay in love with God. They're the way that we maintain our connection to God. They're the ways that we understand God as not just Creator, but Redeemer and Sustainer. And when we participate in worship and Holy Communion and prayer and Bible study, and by abstaining from things that... that, that hurt our spirits and our bodies we have done what we're supposed to do we will have stayed in love with God I hope I've given you something to think about a way to approach every situation with these simple questions am I harming myself or others through my actions then I need to cut it out. You know, sometimes we need to back up. Sometimes we, have to, we see that we're doing something and we have to turn and go another way. We don't realize it at first that this is hurting someone. And so we have to turn around and go a different way. So do no harm. Do no harm. Am I doing good? Am I doing something productive and beneficial to, to myself and to others in our community Am I doing good? As simple as that. Do no harm, do good. And am I staying in love with God? Am I staying in love with God? How am I fulfilling this rule? Is there something else that I need to do? Staying in love with God. You know, every one of us here has had some type of relationship at one time or another in our lives. I don't know about you, but working on that relationship is hard. You have to work on it, though, to keep it up. If you don't work on that relationship, then that relationship deteriorates. And it's the same thing with our relationship with God. 
You must be staying in love with God beyond just coming to worship. If that is the only way you're staying in love with God, I guarantee you the devil will find enough ways through the week to get your mind and your focus on something else. Stay in love with God is an active daily thing. To me, these three simple rules will build you a foundation on the rock of Jesus Christ. I want to make sure you got them. Let's repeat them. Do no harm. Do good. Stay in love with God. If you do that, if you do those three simple rules, you will receive the blessings from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day and each day. Amen. Mm -hmm.